Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, everybody. I say this every time I have my interviews, but you're going to love this podcast. Um, I have the opportunity to interview my wonderful friend, Mandy. Um, as I sit and think about podcasts and like every pe- different walks of life and what people do and how they spread light or how they seek light, I thought of Mandy because she's a hairdresser and and Mandy, you can correct me if you want to cut like a hair engineer or something else. <laughs> That's good. But anyway, um, I don't know if all of you know this about me that listen, but I love hair. I love makeup. So everything that Mandy does kind of, I want to live through her <laughs> um, because she's doing everything I'm passionate and I love, and I love that about her and she's really good at it. So today um, you guys are going to hear from Mandy. So Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Good. Okay. (laughs) So starting off, I just want, um, if you could just start telling everybody a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, um, what your family dynamics were so that people can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So, um, I lived in Portland in Northeast Portland until I was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of high school. My mom, um, got divorced from my stepdad and decided that we were going to move to Eastern Oregon, which is where her two brothers moved in the seventies to start a construction business. And that was shocking to me, obviously living in, in Northeast Portland, which is really diverse and very cultural and most of my friends were of color. And so the thought of moving to a tiny little town with like, I don't know, it was, it's so small and there's no people of color there at all. And so it was really shocking to think about that. We had gone there and visited all the time for holidays or over the summer. So I knew what it was like there and I knew it was gonna be a huge change, but um, she felt like that was what she needed to do. So obviously being a child, I had to go with my mom. So we moved and- um, Did you have any, did you have siblings, Mandy? Well, I have one sister. Okay. And she's two years, well, 20, 22 months younger than me. Okay. So almost two years younger and that's it, just one sister. So. Um, yeah. And when we moved, we actually lived with my aunt and uncle for a while while we found a house, but, and I had cousins my age. So luckily I had friends at school because of them. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the transition, even though it was shocking, it was not too bad because I had cousins. So I had family there, but my sister had a harder time and Um, didn't adjust as well. She was younger, like I said. So she was probably um, like 12, I think, maybe 13. Anyways, she had a really hard time and got into a lot of trouble. And that was really hard. Um, She actually ended up going to jail, which is really hard. And it was a really hard time in our lives. But um, so 
I actually met my husband pretty much right after we moved there because he was good friends with my cousin Joe. <laughs> and so we started, he asked me to homecoming our sophomore year and we pretty much dated all through high school. Um, we did break up for a summer and we both dated someone else, but we got back together Halloween of, must've been Halloween of our senior year when we got back together. And um, so was Zach, um, was he also the same grade as you? Yes, we were in the same grade. Okay. And he was, he was, um, he was born and raised in the church. He was actually baptized in a horse trough in his backyard. Out <laughs> <in the country. laughs> I love it. And um, so, yeah, he was very active and very faithful. And he invited me to church a few times with his family during high school. And I went because I actually wasn't raised um, with a religious background at all. My mom was raised Methodist and was really active as a youth and as an adult, but she didn't raise us going to church. So I didn't really um, have a religious background. Every summer we would go spend about two weeks with my grandparents and they would take us to vacation Bible school at their church up in Seattle area. But that's about the only religious experience I had until I met my husband. And what did you think of the activities that you went to or the meetings that you attended with Zach? Um, I think I was curious, but I didn't, I can't say that I was super into it at age 16, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was definitely curious because I always, I always felt the spirit and I always prayed, even though I didn't really know a whole lot about religion. I always knew that there was a heavenly father and that Jesus was there and that, that I should pray. So I just always prayed my whole life, even though I didn't really know much about why, <laughs> but it just felt right to me. And so, um, going to church with him and going to a few activities, I don't feel like I really learned a whole lot about the church just because like I said, I was a teenager and wasn't really paying that much of attention, but I did, I do think I felt the spirit, even though I didn't really know yet that that's what it was. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. <laughs> so you, so you dated all through high school and then did you know what you wanted to do when you graduate, graduated so, or what were um, your plans? I, Okay, so from the time, from as far back as I can remember, I always loved doing all my friends' hair, playing with their hair. And I remember, even though, like I said, most of my friends were mixed or black, they let me play with their hair all the time. And I would braid their hair and do all kinds of stuff with their hair. And I loved it because it was so different than mine. But um, so I always loved touching hair and doing hair. And so in the back of my mind, that was always there. But when I was in high school, and finishing high school, I felt like this sounds silly now, but I felt like maybe that wasn't a real career. <laughs> and I felt like maybe I should try something else. And so I did. So um, when we graduated, my husband left for the Navy and I went to Southern Oregon University in Ashland actually for two years. And I studied um, health and fitness promotion. The degree I was going for was called health and fitness promotion. And it was all about wellness and um, fitness. And I sort of thought I wanted to be a personal trainer or a nutritionist, but I wasn't sure, but I knew that I was passionate about that. So I just kind of went for that. And then after about two years, I was like, you know what? I really want to do hair. <laughs> I 
I just really love doing hair. And so I finally was like, I'm just gonna stop going to school here and enroll in cosmetology school. And so I moved. My mom, in the meantime, had moved from Joseph, Oregon over to Newport, Oregon on the coast. Oh, wow. And so I did some research and I found out that there was a cosmetology school there in Newport and it was Fagan's Academy, which they have a bunch of those in Oregon. And um, so I told my mom that I was going to move in with her and go to school there. And she was like, okay, sure. So I moved in with my mom. I went to cosmetology school nine to five, five days a week. And then on the weekends and the evenings, I worked at um, the undersea gardens in Newport on the Bayfront, which I don't, it's not there anymore. They just tore it down. But so, and that took 18 months at cosmetology school. And um, how, how did you enjoy cosmetology school? I loved it. It was, it was really fun. It was, there was parts of it that were hard. The science part is really hard and the anatomy and all of that was, it's a lot harder than people think. A lot of people think it's just beauty school, you know, <laughs> but it's actually, you learn a lot and I loved it. I loved the people I met there and the teachers were really good and it was a really good experience and it was fun. We actually, um, as a group, we would travel and go to the hair shows, which were really fun. They were like giant fashion shows with crazy avant-garde hair and crazy stuff, but it was, it was fun. And we entered in competitions and stuff, and that was always fun, but yeah, it was a good experience overall. So had you and Zach maintained your relationship while he was in the Navy and you were down in Southern Oregon and then back up at Newport? Yes. So, um, this was obviously before email and all that. And yeah. so <laughs> it was, it was different back then, but we, um, we wrote each other every week and we talked on the phone whenever we could. He was, he actually got shipped out, um, to go overseas a few times. And so we didn't have any contact for months at a time when they were going overseas, but as soon as they would pull into a port somewhere, he would call me from a payphone. <laughs> I love it. Pay phones. (laughs) Yeah. So we would talk as long as we could and we would write letters. The letters took a long time when he was overseas. So sometimes there was a long wait on those letters, but, um, we both, we stayed together. I mean, we still considered that we were together, even though we were far apart and, um, probably actually we, we decided So he came back from one of his six month tours overseas and he was like, you know, I think we should get married before I ship out again, because he knew he was going to have to leave again for six months. And he knew that he wanted to marry me and I knew I wanted to marry him, but it wasn't your traditional engagement. Like he didn't propose to me or anything. We just kind of decided we were going to get married. And so um, he actually came to Newport. Well, we planned it for about two weeks. We're like, okay, let's call everyone we know and tell them to come to Newport. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, they, we planned it in like two weeks and we got married, um, in the gazebo on the beach in Newport. And, um, that was, um, actually our 25th anniversary is in September, September 14th of 96. And it was, we actually had the Bishop, of the Newport Ward Marius. So that was interesting, but um, 
we got married and then about three weeks later he had to ship overseas again so luckily I was still finishing up beauty school so I had time you know I was busy the whole time so I it wasn't as hard as it would have been if if we had had kids already or whatever but um and how long did he go out that time when he was shipped was, out? it was for six months <laughs> oh wow I so know it, it did last that long so yeah, we didn't even get to live together as a married couple until, um, well, when he got back, the timing actually worked out perfect because when he got back, I was just finishing beauty school. So I graduated and I went to Salem and took my state boards and then I moved to San Diego and I, so I didn't get to practice doing hair for eight months because we lived in San Diego for eight months before he got out of the Navy. So um, we lived there and then he got out of the Navy in, um, I don't remember what month, but we wanted to stay in San Diego, but it was too expensive. So we actually ended up moving to Gresham, which now is a look, I look at it and think of it as a blessing because his younger sister came and lived with us in the other bedroom of our apartment. And um, her records, her church records got transferred to the ward there and the missionaries came to the door and found me <laughs> looking for her, looking, looking for her. For her. Yeah. And what did, what did you do when you saw them? Um, so they knocked on the door. I remember it like it was yesterday. They knocked on the door and they said, hi, we're looking for Sarah Tippett. And I said, well, she's at work. I'm Mandy Tippett. And they were like, oh, do you want to hear about the guy? I mean, they just started talking to me and I was like, sure. <laughs> and so they started coming over um, pretty much all the time they would come over. And it was back when they used little pamphlets for the discussions they had. Like, I still have them. Actually, I kept them in there. They're in, in the bookshelf. But they um, so they had a like a guideline for each discussion, what they were supposed to talk about. And it was really cute. And so at the end of each discussion, they would give me a kind of a homework assignment to read certain scriptures and to pray about it. And, um, I, I don't know. I, they, <laughs> I missionaries might still use this term, but they said I was golden <laughs> because, <laughs> because I was so ready to hear it. You know, it was just the right time. And I was so, I just, I think like I said before, I always knew that there was something more and I, I think I had always been waiting for it. And, and so they just, they started teaching the lessons and I was like, I need more, I need more. <laughs> and then um, I think about the third lesson in, they started asking me when I wanted to get baptized. <laughs> And I said, you know, I think I want to go to church a little bit more because I had only gone like a few times. And so I, I don't remember how many weeks it was, but then I was like, okay, I'm ready to set a date to get baptized. And so, um, what did Zach, what was he thinking about all this? <laughs> I think he thought I was moving too fast because he, so when he was in the Navy, he wasn't really active. He didn't really go to church. So he was just coming back to church and I was just learning about the church and taking the discussions. And, um, he was kind of getting reactivated, I guess. And 
So it was kind of like we were both learning me from the beginning and him learning all over again, all of the basics and principles of the gospel. And so it was like we learned together and grew together. And that was huge in our relationship. And I remember um, we started paying tithing right away and gained a testimony of tithing. And then the, um, so I, the day I ended up getting back, well, no, first of all, so he, he had to be interviewed and cause he hadn't actually been given the, um, priesthood. priesthood because he didn't go on and serve a mission. Mm-hmm. He went into the Navy instead. So he actually had to receive the priesthood and have an interview with the Bishop to be able to be found worthy to baptize me. Cause he wanted to baptize me, which that's what I wanted to, obviously. Um, so once he met with the Bishop and that all worked out, I set a date and it was, um, it was February 28th of 98. Is that right? <laughs> I have to think for a minute. 98. Yeah, it was February 28th, 98. Yes, because a year later we were sealed because you had to wait a year back then. Right. I think you might still, I'm not sure. But anyway, so I got baptized and then we got sealed exactly a year later. And then almost exactly a year later after that, in April, Sydney was born. So a year after we were sealed, Sydney was born. <laughs> oh, yeah. So during that time, um, did you have a lot of support from your mother? Like, was she supportive about your decision? And did she see changes in you? So, um, my, so because my mom was a single mom, most of our life, she loved Zach. Like <laughs> he used to come to our house in Joseph and start the fire because we had a wood stove and my mom loved him so much because he was so helpful and such a good person. Um, so, and she knew that he was a member of the church and she did, she saw major changes in me and in my personality and in the way I carried myself and obviously in my faith. And so she loved seeing that. And she always told me that even though she might not be the same faith and maybe, I mean, Methodists are Christians also. So they believe a lot of this same things we do, but obviously there's some differences, but she just was really supportive. And I'm so grateful for that because I know a lot of people who are converts to the church don't have that support from their families and my mom was very supportive. So I'm really grateful for that. She actually came to the temple when we were sealed. She came to my baptism and she came to the temple when we were sealed and waited in the, um, Arboretum. Is that uh-huh. what it's called? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she's always been really supportive of everything church related, even though she doesn't go to our church. So I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Oh Yeah. So as you were living in Gresham, did you start working for a hair salon? Did you, what did you do with your career? Okay. So when we first moved back here, I actually rode the max every day to Lloyd center from Rockwood. It was, (laughs) it was scary. Um, yeah, every day I rode the max from Rockwood to Lloyd center. And I worked at Regis hair salon in Lloyd center. That was my first job. 
um, in a salon. And I worked there. I actually loved it. It was really fun. I met a lot of people. I worked there for, I would say, five years almost, maybe three. I don't remember exactly how many years, but um, after a while, I just, because we lived in Gresham, I decided I wanted to find something closer to home rather than riding the max into, into Portland. That was not fun. And so I started looking around Gresham and I found this really cute salon that I fell in love with. And it was called Dubois Salon and it was on Main Street in Gresham. It was like two blocks south of Gresham High School on Main Street. And it was um, the woman that owned it was awesome. She was really tough to work for, but she and she went to Vidal Sassoon in London and trained and she was amazing. She'd been doing her for 30 years and she was really good and really strict and so in order to work there everyone had to go through her apprenticeship program <laughs> and so I apprenticed with her she only made me do it for like six months because I had already worked for three or four years or whatever but um her favorite thing was to get people right out of beauty school and train them in her way of doing things <laughs> yeah. but I learned so much from her I'm so grateful for that experience even though it was hard I actually, we had a, we had a, <laughs> I had to have a heart tire with her one time because she was just kind of mean to me sometimes or mean to everybody, but I kind of stood up for myself. And ever since after that, she was nicer and respected me more, but it was a hard, but really good experience. And I learned some really amazing um, tools of the trade from her that I'll never forget that I've always, that I've used ever since then. Um, and I worked there until, until I had Isaac and then I decided I was going to stay home. And so that was a really hard decision because I had built up a really good clientele and, but I just knew Zach and I prayed about it and we went to the temple and we definitely felt like I should stay home. And so I quit my job and our income was cut in half and we decided I was going to stay home and raise the kids while they were little. And I'm so grateful I did that. And I ended up staying home for 10 years. So it was amazing. And I, I don't regret it for a minute. It was worth, it was totally worth it. I'm grateful I could be home with them when they were little and I loved it. But when how Olivia, did, how did you keep up on your um, skills? What did you do? I just did friends and family out of my kitchen for fun. I mean, to keep up my skills. And I did a lot of, um, online courses and I still went to hair shows and stuff and I still kept my license up to date, but I I've always loved to make sure that I keep up with the new trends and techniques, because even though the basic skills are always the same, there's always new stuff happening, trends that are fun to keep up with. It's always evolving and changing. And, and that's really fun. So how far apart are Sydney? So and Sydney and Isaac, Isaac are how far apart? Sydney and Isaac are two and a half years apart. And then Isaac and Olivia are three and a half, three and years, half years apart. apart. Okay. Mm -hmm. So after you had Olivia and yeah. you still stayed home for a while. Yes. What, what happened for you as Olivia got a little bit older? Well, I remember exactly when, <laughs> exactly when I started feeling this way. So it was it was right before she was about to go into first grade. And I was like, you know what? 
I just feel like even though being a mom was the most fulfilling and rewarding thing I've ever done, I feel like I need to, I need to go back to doing the other thing that I love to do, which is doing hair. And I just felt like I needed to, you know, I'm one of the, I'm a really busy body. <laughs> and so even though I loved being home and I, I love cooking, that's one of my other passions, but I love, I don't love cleaning, but I like my house to be clean. So I do it anyways. But I was just to the point where I was like, you know what? I can only clean the house so much. And I'm, I was getting bored, honestly. <laughs> I was like, she's going to be in school all day and I'm going to be bored. So I said, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find, I actually, <laughs> uh, it was really stressful. Cause I was like, I don't know how in the world I'm going to find another salon. Like the one I worked at before. That's what I kept thinking. I'm never going to find anything like that. It was, it was just a really great atmosphere and there was no drama and you know a, a lot of salons have drama just because it's all women and sometimes there's just things that happen that cause drama and people just gossip and I just didn't want anything like that I, I don't like that atmosphere at all I like I like calm and peace and I don't know so I was really nervous about that so I actually even thought about maybe getting a different kind of job, not even doing hair, which I didn't want to do, but I was like, I have to do something. <laughs> so I actually was, I interviewed and was offered a job as a manager at Ulta and I turned it down because I was like, you know what? I do not, I don't want to do that. I want to do hair. So it was absolutely 100% meant to be when what I have now fell into place because about two weeks after that Ulta situation, uh, I used to be part of a gourmet dinner club group with a bunch of women in, in the church. And um, we were having a dinner group uh, dinner. And one of the girls, uh, Carrie, which, yeah, we love Carrie. Um, she was like, you know, we have this space that's attached to our dentist's office and it's empty. It's just sitting there. She's like, would you consider something like that? And I'm like, oh my goodness. I never even thought about having my own space. That would be amazing. And the funny thing is when I was a little girl, I used to draw pictures of like what my salon would look like if I had my own <laughs> salon. And, but I never thought it would ever happen. I just, I thought it would be too expensive and I thought it would be un, unrealistic and just too much, too stressful and the list goes on of why not to do it. But when she said that, it was like, oh my gosh, is that really an option? Could I actually do that? And I said, you know what? I'm going to go talk to my husband tonight and I'm going to call you in the morning. And so I went home and I talked to Zach and we prayed about it. And he's like, you know what? I think if you want to do it, you should do it. And I said, well, let me look at the space and see what it's like. And so I called Carrie in the morning and she met me over there and let me in. And I walked in and I was like, oh my goodness. It was, and the funny thing is it was, it was not in good shape at all. It was, it had, hadn't been used for a while and it was just neglected and it was, um, it needed a lot of work and it needed to be kind of remodeled. And so, but the windows that I have, I, that's what I saw. And I was like, the windows, I love the windows. Yeah, they're <laughs> big. So, Yes, the natural light, which is awesome. And I just got this vision in my head of what I could do. It actually had a wall splitting that tiny room in half. So I said, Carrie, I have, I, I love it. And I want to do this if I can make it work. And so 
I went home again and told Zach about it and showed him the pictures and we went to the temple and prayed about it and we both felt really strongly that if that that that's what I should do instead of trying to find a job at a salon that I was going to just make my own <laughs> and so um I called the Conklins and I I said I want to lease your space <laughs> and so we met, I met with them and signed the lease and uh they said I could pretty much do whatever I wanted with you know with my own investment um and so Zach and I went in there and pretty much gutted it all the way down to the studs and then we had a sheet rocker come in and a plumber come in and we just made it into my little studio and I love it so much it's so perfect and it's been it was it was the most perfect opportunity and it has been such a huge blessing and I love it so much it's so perfect well and it's beautiful and ironically the name of it is shine. Yes. So that's you, you shine. Thank you. That was the hardest part was coming up with coming the, with the name. name. Did, yeah. did you have other ideas that you wanted to use for a name? Oh my goodness. I had a list. I had a list of like 10 things and, um, I wanted, I really wanted it to be one word that meant something to me that, that just fit. And it's funny because shine wasn't even on the list that I made. And I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I was like, shine, it's shine. <laughs> so I immediately jumped out of bed because you have to, um, you have to look in the database for the state business registry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I went online immediately and looked it up and there wasn't a salon in Oregon. There's one in Seattle, but there wasn't one in Oregon with that name. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> That's it. Because for multiple reasons, I love making people shine. I love the sunshine and it just fit. It was perfect. And it was, yeah, it had to be shine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is perfect. Okay. So I want to ask you like, I, I mean, cause again, I'm yes. a, I'm a secret hair <laughs> person. Yes. Yes. I know that about you. I love that. I, I want to know, I mean, cause I have my feelings about why I love touching people's hair and talking to them and listening to them. Mm -hmm. So I want you to tell, tell everybody just what is it about being a hairdresser? Because I would have to say that most hairdressers you meet, they are all about people and beautifying others. And when someone steps away from them or leaves their area, their salon, it's all about hope, wanting them to feel more beautiful and empowered as they leave. So yeah. what is it about being a hairdresser that you love? I love, um, I love exactly that. I love making people feel good about themselves. I love the way that they feel when they leave and I love making people feel beautiful and feel positive about the way they look and giving them something to make their day better, to make them feel good. <laughs> Do you have any um, stories without divulging any names, but <laughs> anything that you can pull up on your mind of like, experiences that you've had with someone where you just, they came in there 
and then they walked out transformed because of the conversation and the haircut and color? Um, I have a few. I have a few clients who have gone through um, cancer and other major illnesses that that have you know torn them down and I was able to go through that with them I have uh, shaved a few women's heads which was really hard and um I have lost a few clients, which is so hard, um, but but I've had some that have come back after cancer and being able to make them feel beautiful again after that is so wonderful. I feel like, I mean, it's silly to think that hair can make such a difference, but it really can and it really does help them feel beautiful and the process of growing it back it goes through a lot of different phases and textures and some people's hair comes back curly when it wasn't curly before and learning how to adapt and um learning how to work with totally new hair and different hair is hard and helping them through that process is really rewarding and I really enjoy being able to do that. And, and even though it's hard being able to watch them progress and watch them get their strength back. And um, it's just really rewarding. And I think that helping someone through a hard time like that and making them feel beautiful is just really special. And I've loved that so much. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that I've had to be able to help women through that. Even my mom, my mom had breast cancer and, and, and helping her through that with her hair was hard, but I think helping and watching people go through hard times is good for us because it strengthens us and it helps us be strong for them sometimes too. Um, I've had a lot of clients who have gone through divorce, which is so hard and watching. I mean, I've cried with my clients so many times and it's, it's hard sometimes to, to forget about it when I come home and, you know, come back to my family and, have had a hard day or emotional day or whatever but I think for for some women their hairdresser is like their therapist and it sounds silly but I know I mean a lot of people tell me things they don't tell anyone else at all and it's it gives them support and I'm grateful to support them and they ask me for advice and usually I have no idea what I'm talking about and I can't really I mean obviously I don't try to give people advice on something I don't know anything about but just being there for them as a shoulder to cry on or a support system 
it's, it blesses my life because I'm grateful for the opportunity I have to be their friend when they need somebody and to help them feel beautiful. And it's, it's so rewarding and I'm so grateful and I love it so much. <laughs> I know. And you can tell Mandy, that's why I wanted to talk to you. Well, I have this uh, in my mind. I haven't said it out loud to many people, but I feel like uh, your post, um, your, um, mailman, mailwoman yeah. and your hairdresser <laughs> know yeah. more about you than anybody else. That's true. It's really true. <laughs> Cause they drop off all this mail that they know that's coming to you. And then your hairdresser, you just tell them things that you don't tell other people. They, they are, you are like a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think you're fabulous and I, I love yeah. you. And, um, before we end today, I always ask my, those that I'm interviewing. Yes. So how do you seek light every day of your life? I seek light through prayer and through looking around me and trying to find the positive things every day, even during hard times and trials. I try to always find something to be positive about. I try to look around me in nature and see all the beautiful things that Heavenly Father has given us and um, finding peaceful, quiet times to just ground myself and meditate or pray to find peace and quietness. And Thank you again. Um, I'm really grateful that you did this with me today. And um, me too. <laughs> I know that others will appreciate hearing from you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.